Have you ever wanted to start running but didn't know where to start or started a couch of 5K but quit because it wasn't catered to you? Or better yet, you've been running for a minute, knocked out all the 5Ks, hit up some half marathons, but you keep getting injured, not getting faster, and you're questioning your love for running. If you're a woman over age 35 and been trying to figure out this running thing on your own or don't know where to start, this show is for you. Welcome to Runners University, Women's Guide to Running After 35. My name is Dr. Leticia, physical therapist, certified running nutrition coach, and I've been helping women for many years now tackle aches, pains, build strength, and break mental barriers to living their best life on and off the pavement. Every episode, I take the guesswork out of how to train smarter, faster, and run for life without nagging injuries and actually enjoying it. Let's make running or walking into your 40s, 50s, and beyond your best yet. You love to run, but you hate admitting you may have an injury, especially if you've gone to the doctor and heard the dreaded words. Just stop running for a while. Are you serious right now? Like serious? No running? Welcome to Runner's University, Women's Guide to Running After 35. I'm your host, Dr. Letitia Williams, physical therapist, certified run coach, and I love helping women and runners be at their optimal and at their best. So let's dive right into today's episode, how to avoid the three common running injuries. The fact is that 27 to 70% of recreational runners experience a running injury during a training years. We know, or I know, and you probably know too, a lot of people that running is medicine. It helps keep the crazy away, decrease stress. It helps push yourself to heights you never thought you could. So how do we help prevent all of our hard marathon or race training or just go out the window by having to set out due to an injury? I've seen it and I've heard it before that I'm also a runner, so I know the pain. We tend to shake things off, push things off for a little bit and say, hey, it's not that bad. I'll just stretch it. I'll just foam roll it to death. It'll get better. You know, maybe I'll grab from here, grab from there, and it still isn't getting better. It's been days, weeks, months, and we're still not making any headway with it. But we don't really want to get checked out. We think we can handle it ourselves. And we're failing. We are. We are failing in it. But I know you may resonate with some of these things. To see if any of these runner scenarios scenarios sound like you. Runner number one. I've been noticing some pain around or under the kneecap that has slowly become annoying after runs. You shake it off at first, but now the front of your knee has been bothering you more and more over the last weeks. Runner number two, you decided to up your running and training for a half or a full marathon, or you haven't been as consistent with your running and you up the mileage. But now you begin to notice some tenderness on the outside of the in the lower leg there, that as you get warmed up, it goes away. And then after you're done, it seems like it kind of comes back. Or let's look at runner number three. Okay, you're starting to up your training intensity in miles. Yippee! Hill repeats, track workouts, or just bumping up that mileage. But 
had been waking up with a sharp pain on the bottom of the foot, especially near the here. After walking a bit, it's better. It's been a few weeks now, and it's starting to get a little more painful with the longer you stand, getting up after sitting, or uh, a bit after climbing up the stairs. So you might thinking, hmm, some of these kind of kind of sound like me. <laughs> so let's talk about some of these scenarios and what that looks like. There's many different muscles that are involved in anatomy when it comes to that knee and that lower leg. We have the tibia, which is our main weight-bearing bone for our knee and a lot of function at the knee. We have our fibula, that, that outside little baby bone that's long and attached down into that ankle that has a lot of function and support down into that ankle. So when we pump it down to the ankle, we have the big bone where you have to push off the calcaneus. We have the medial malleolus on the inside, lateral malleolus on, on the outside, and the talus. All those maybe not mean a whole lot to you, but that's just kind of some things we're looking for. Main muscles we're trying to focus on, obviously there's others. We got your calf muscles, two large calf muscle heads, the ones that we see, and then there's the deep little soleus, which is quietly the powerhouse of those calf muscles and really a main driver when it comes to strengthening, or I'm late, they say it back, when it comes to that push off and that support that we need for long distance running. Posterior tib and the anterior tib. You, those come into play more with trusty shin splints. So there's several things that can go on as far as muscle dysfunction. Some muscles may also be involved in shin splints, including, like we said, the posterior tib, anterior tib, running along that shin and down onto the top of the foot. Then we have the trusteal plantar fascia, which we hear that term plantar fasciitis, which is basically a generic term for heel pain. So the basic, and then we'll look at the basic function of the calf muscles is to lift the heels up and shift the body weight onto the toes. This motion is required for pushing off during stepping. So whether running or walking as well as for climbing stairs. And another role that sometimes probably not as talked about as much for the calf, most calf muscle region is for circulation. So let's take a look at the three common running related injuries, what they are and ways to help prevent them. So let's take it back to runner number one. That is a representation of runner's knee. So it can be defined as well, on the kneecap. The kneecap may not be moving as you should. It may be causing a rubbing or irritation that can lead to a grinding down of the cartilage that may or may not be occurring in every scenario and that pain does not necessarily mean damage so get through your mind pain does not necessarily mean damage that's one of the things we have to talk about initially when i'm looking at runners in the clinic or when i'm assessing either assessing runners uh virtually as well so some potential causes for that runner's knee scenario can be potentially some weak quads it could be poor foot mechanics could also be some um, tightness in the IT band. Also, you can get some things with training. Training error is always is always one that can pop in as well. So, how do we decrease our risk? We can strengthen those quads and our glutes. See, baby, get them peaches right. 
Don't have any big jumps in your training mileage. Proper stretching post-run for those hamstrings and quads. I tell a lot of ladies, especially if you're over the age of 35, pushing into those 40s, 50s and beyond, that recovery time is the key time. Our recovery is made. Our recovery gains are made after our run. So if we're not getting maybe the stretching where there may be an area that may need a little more attention with stretching, not to say you got to be a ballerina or super yogi. If you are, it's all good. You don't need a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of flexibility with running, but you do need to have a combination of good flexibility and good mobility. So that was runner's, uh, runner number one was example of runner's knee. So if you don't remember that scenario is that you've been noticing some pain around or under the kneecap. You can also maybe have some behind the knee, but that has slowly become annoying after runs. You shake it off at first, but now the front of your knee an issue is bothering you more and more. So that scenario is runner's knee. Number two, shin splints or medial tibial stress syndrome, MTSS, number two. So if you remember in that scenario number two, you decided to up your training. You maybe hasn't been inconsistent with your running, but you decided to bump it up or you decided to ah maybe even throw in some heel, heel run, some heels and, and things that you had not been doing before leading into that shin splints. This is one area that if you're having shin pain, not to be playing around with it. It can trigger right on over into having a stress fracture and you don't want to mess with that one at all. So shin splints, the muscle that's most affected is that anterior tibialis. It goes from uh, your knee down to your ankle. So that pain is located kind of on the lower leg next to the shin shin bone. That could be um, towards the inside. It can also be towards the out on the outside lower leg. There's different presentations for it. But another important distinction is to rule out compartment syndrome or a stress fracture. We're a lot more serious. So another set of eyes are key for pain in this area. If you feel like you're having some issues there, it's I want to always address to make sure we have appropriate footwear. We I look at that as well. And then we look at changes in your training. <clears throat> Causes for shin splints can use, like I said, overuse injury. It's characterized by the twos. Training too hard, too fast or too long, and also running downhill in old footwear. So check these things out. Make sure you got those adequate and you're not guilty of the twos. <laughs> so also a way to decrease that risk is going to recognize tenderness in that shin early and don't try to power through. That can result in creating potentially some of those micro tears and a longer recovery, as well as really progressing into a stress fracture in that area. And that's really when it's sucky town right there. Talk about recovery, shifting, and being totally um, different or longer than you have would have anticipated. So think about no big jumps in your training load. Keep track of mileage on your footwear. There are general guidelines for new shoes every 250 to 300. Some people push it more. I like those guidelines. Um, to be able to make sure you're not making sure those shoes are not 
worn, worn, worn down to the bone. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's time to get them now. There's a hole in the toe. Time to get new shoes. Like, okay, sis, them shoes need to be gone a long time ago. <laughs> so you can also think about having several pairs of running shoes to rotate. I know a frustration of mine is that when I find up find a good pair of shoes, they end up getting a new model or that's discontinued. And I'm like, oh, man, I should have got two pairs of these shoes and I would have been good. So things to think about to help protect you against sense ones. And you might be hearing a storm behind me right now. Who knows? During the time of this recording, it's starting to get a little fired up outside. <laughs> so let's bone down to runner number three. So remember in this scenario, we have you started to up your training intensity. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your miles, getting them heel repletes, yeah. Track workouts, start bumping up that mileage. Then you start waking up with that pain and you get up walking like the little old lady because your feet are so painful those first few steps in the morning. And then you begin, they begin to warm. After you get moving up, you feel like, okay, they warmed up a little bit, so it isn't as bad. So that last scenario, boom, you guessed it, heel pain. AKA plantar fasciitis. That's really a generic term for heel pain. They're really that, that itis portion really discusses kind of like an inflammation, but there's really not an inflammation that we're seeing as well, but we'll go with that, with that term since that's widely recognized. So def, definition would be symptoms of stabbing pain or adult oak across the bottom of the feet, foot. You could sometimes use that thumb and press along the heel and be able to find really some little tender or tricky spots sometimes. You can normally pinpoint kind of like a really aggravated area near your heel. Pain, use, pain is usually worse in the morning. And what can occur is small micro, micro tears of those tendons and ligaments that run along the bottom of your foot. That name, like I said before, implies inflammation, but a lot of times you won't see like swelling inflammation, like if you were to like roll your ankle and boom, your you know, your ankle blows up. So let's look at those causes. You guessed it, overuse. It won't be really any specific event that occurred, but increased training, increasing your training drastically, yeah, kind of seeing a theme there, are some of the risk factors. That occur there. Some risk factors in individuals that may not be as active um, and sedentary could just be insidious onset. You don't really know where uh, where it comes from. But when we're talking about with runners, a lot of times you see some different change in their training that may have been jumped up too much. I also do also look at what footwear is looking at if you're a heavier runner or someone early in their run journey that's trying to lose weight if you start out with cross trainers or just shoes from the back of the closet that you used to walk with and say hey i'm going to start running awesome you're starting out in the pavement but really transition yourself quickly to getting a proper shoe fit that is going to a running store or going to a trusted professional health health professional that's has um, a history with runners and knows about runners, but really that running store to get the appropriate foot fit for you. Really, that that'll be the best investment for you for you to be happy and staying long on the pavement. Don't don't let that uh, the footwear keep keep you down from the from progressing on the pavement and keeping the crazy away. So, how do we decrease the risk for plantar fasciitis? Good running form. 
strength training and proper shoes. No surprise here that strengthening of, well, it could be a surprise. Strengthening of the foot and big toe could be keys in that. Because we're talking about how the big toe has a factor in being able to push off as well as that push off and propelling ourselves forward with that soleus muscle. Remember, that's one of the muscles that's deep. Um, that's part of that calf complex, but it's deep. You don't see it. We're going to look at foot alignment. We're going to look at footwear. Check adequate warm-up prior to running and adequate, adequate cool down. So that's how we decrease our risk of these common running injuries. So like I always says, you want to have three things on, t- on top of the other things, but three things. You want shoes, bra, and a plan when it comes to running. So when you take into account, you have those three things taken care of, you have good running form, you're doing some cross training and strength training, you'll be feeling lovely. You'll be feeling much better and much confident about running and about decreasing your risk of some of these three common running injuries. But let's face it, we're runners and at some point an ache, pain or injury will occur. That's just the nature of the beast. But taking steps to help decrease the risk and recognize when you should seek outside help can help keep you on the pavement happy and crushing those goals. So don't let a running injury take you out. Listen to your body and don't wait to get checked out if you start having nagging aches and pains. Happy running, ladies. And remember, go out there and do the thing. Until next time. Hey girl, thanks for listening to the show today. If you're new to running or tired of trying to search Dr. Google on the best ways to begin and continue running without giving up or getting burnt out, then head over to www.runnersuniversity.co slash get started to grab my bulletproof running guide for women. You got this girl, do your thing. Music produced by King Music. Check them out y'all.